0: But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today, we're playing the long game. Today, we're going long. Because today, I have Larry Long Jr. on the show to talk about the long game. Yeah, it's a play on words, but that's what I get to do because I'm the host, you know? Because here's the deal. Most people are way too short-sighted. They don't look at the bigger picture. They don't play the long game. They don't envision a better future and then go after it and create it. We make easy short-term decisions, not thinking about the harder long-term impacts that that will create. And that's why I'm so excited to have Larry on the show today, because Larry is not only a recognized LinkedIn sales star, a recognized revenue growth leader, working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps, but he's also incredibly passionate about the person in salesperson and passionate about this career that we call sales and passionate about the people we call salespeople. So today we're going to be diving in on how to play the long game, how to create a successful career, how to get more out of the life that we have right now. Larry Long, welcome to the show. Come on, man.
1: Whoa, how much do I owe you for that intro? Good. You know, um,
0: I'll send the invoice afterwards, baby. I will send the invoice over. So that's what I do. I, and it's fun, man, because it's all true. It's all true. There's no, no fluff in there. And so and speaking of no fluff, that's one of the reasons why people love the shows. we don't do the backstories. We don't do the tell me how you got into we get right into the good stuff. And so I'm going to start with kind of a heavy question here, which is maybe the opposite of where most people start is why do most people not achieve? the career success that they want. We'll get into how to do it. But from your point of view, why do most people not get the career success that they all
1: want? Hey, KD, number one is tough. It is tough. And Mm -hmm. and even though people are tougher, a lot of times they don't believe in themselves. There's really three things that I think of in terms of why people do not have success in in life. Uh, Number one is a lack of direction. What are your goals? What is your why? Let me see that foundation. You have a good, solid foundation that's rooted in something that's meaningful to the heart. And we'll talk about that. Number two and three is really a combination. It's process and execution. Walk me through your process. Is it repeatable? Is it flexible? Is it, is it built on a good foundation? And are you iterating and testing it so that you can, like Nike said, just do it?
0: Mm-hmm. So, all right, this is already perfect. I, I knew this was going to be a fun one today, right? So, literally, my my LinkedIn post today was about how most people put more time and energy into their high school sport than they do their career, and there was a comment that got made on it. It was like, "Well, you know, but you know, people don't love sales the way that they loved basketball. They're not as passionate about their careers as they were their their band, and so, and, you know, you talked about a why, like." how can you develop that passion? Because I I sit on maybe a different side of the fence, like where it's like, I don't think you can be like, not everyone gets the opportunity to be like, do what they love and get the lifestyle. Like, so like, how can you generate that
1: passion? How can you generate that why to push you through the tough times? Yeah, well, you you gotta have a why. And it might not be, I mean, I've sold to accountants. I I wasn't passionate about accountants. I can barely count KD. I gotta (laughs) use my fingers to count. But I was passionate about what we helped accountants do in terms of helping small business owners not go out of business like me. I used to own a baseball academy. And the key word there is used to. We went out of business because we didn't understand our numbers. So I said, hey, accountants, I I don't really roll with you like you're on a whole different level. We're on different wavelengths. But I am passionate about helping the people that you help. So let's go to work. I sold the doctors. I got white coat syndrome. I'm afraid of doctors. Come on now. Don't have me passing out up in here. But essentially, I was passionate about helping them to improve. And, and sometimes you got to manufacture it. Some people say, oh, take it till, the, till you make it. That's the worst advice. Yeah, I, I uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree there. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to manufacture it. I mean, hey, you got to find what works for you to allow you to be successful. So that, that's my belief. You got to Ideally, you find something you're passionate about. But if not, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get to where you can be in a place where you're passionate.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a one of the sharks from Shark Tank. I think it's one of the women has an interesting quote around this. Is like, I found my passion from decades of hard work. Like it wasn't like I got into what I was doing because I was passionate. I became passionate because I threw myself into it and I gave my all to it. Now that passion is there. It was one of my responses to the individual on LinkedIn where I was saying like, did I get into sales because I was passionate about it? No. But am I incredibly passionate about it now because I've given it my all? Yes. And I think that's something that people need to think more about, again, in the theme of this long game. And so let's talk about this why then. Either one, how do you find it?
1: Or two, how do you develop it? It's a journey and it's an adventure. And if you're me, it's a misadventure. And KD, I've, I've been on this journey since 2000. But mm-hmm. now I'm stepping into my courage to do something I'm passionate about. I get paid to talk right now. Come on now. I used, to, I used to get in trouble in school for talking too much and talking too loud and acting a daggone fool. Now people pay me. I'm getting checks with a couple zeros. Come on, Cletus. That's the American mm-hmm. dream. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, my English isn't all too well. But essentially, I've had to go through this adventure, this journey, and each one of those experiences, whether it was IT consulting at Accenture, whether it was making 150 dollars at SageWorks, whether it was leaving SageWorks and coming back to SageWorks because I'm a glutton for punishment. Come on now. It was all a part of the process. It was all a part of the plan for me to learn for me to live, learn, love. And it's tough to love when you're when you're getting banged on 148 times out of 148 calls. It's tough to go to bat when, you, when you're getting beat up like that. But essentially, it, it all prepared me for where I'm at now. So for your listeners, you've got to find, and you've got to grind, and you've got to keep the end game. You said it, the Larry Long Jr. game, the long game in mind as you're going through the hard rowing. And if you're not going to do the hard rowing, I hate to say it. Sweet Georgia Brown said it best. Ain't nobody got time for that. Go, go switch. Go do something else. Be a, be a, uh, a greeter at Walmart. Nothing wrong with it, but don't be up in here in sales.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I talk about this with my team all the time. It's like, yo, when y'all go find this easy multiple six figure job, please tell me, please tell me to find me the job that will pay you multiple six figures per year. That's easy. Please do go find it for me because then I'll sign up for it. But if you want to make that type of money or live that type of lifestyle, it does require more. So let's talk about then how to push through, right? Because like the long game, and I think this is something that people just don't think about is like, it is long, right? We're talking about years, right? If you look at, you've worked with a lot of new sales reps, the first 90 days, a lot of them do great, right? But it's that day 120 of that rejection, day 365 of that rejection, day 900 of that rejection, all of a sudden, they start to lose that momentum. How do you maintain through that rejection? How do you maintain through the lows that, and it's not just sales, there's lows in every job, but like in sales, it's a daily, like you're walking into it. How did you power through that 148 nose out of that 150 to be able to stay in the game? Because I truly believe we lose a lot of great, potential salespeople, because they just don't stay in the game long
1: enough to get to that level of mastery. So how do you push through? How do you maintain? KD, I played baseball We're more like baseball played me. And I had a lot of strikeouts mm-hmm. and essentially sense of you got to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable and know that strikeouts, they're a part of life. They're a part of business. That's actually a chapter in my book. Strikeouts are a part of life. I'm giving Mm -hmm. you a little preview, but essentially you got to be able to keep that happy medium. And once again, it's rooted in your foundation, the foundation of your heart, believing in your heart, which connects to your mind, your mind connects to your mouth and your mouth connects to your actions. So essentially I'm fine. I'm okay. That if I work hard I know I'm not going to to be successful 100% of the time. But essentially, if I can work hard, I think Joel Embiid said it, and Philadelphia 76ers, trust the process and essentially give it my all. I used to do P90X. I did P60X. I didn't make it 90 days. But Tony Horton says, try your best and forget the rest. And if you've got that burning desire inside of you, if you're a competitor, you're going to stick with it. And we all go through uh, ups and downs, highs and lows, twists and turns. The best. Sales professionals, the best professionals are those that when it gets tough, when you're going through a slump, they keep that happy medium. They say, hey, this is only a season. Hopefully I can close this chapter sooner rather than later. And then when the going gets good, they realize this is when I really got to stay on my grind, when I really have to focus and execute. And it comes down to believing in yourself, but also surrounding yourself with with, with a crew. Who's, who's in your crew? Mm-hmm. I mean, my crew is tight. And it starts with my wife. She holds me accountable. She's like, "Hey, boo, I love you, but take a look in the mirror. You're telling everyone to go after their dream, but you're faking the funk." I said, "Ooh, she's a mm. ride or die." <laughs>
0: mm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna come back to that one for sure. Um, and so, if we think about this, right? You mentioned the word slump, right? Like, and fun. I had a good conversation with Brandon Roberts on the show. This was a couple months ago, around like this, this baseball mentality and we'll go through it more but like how do you break out of a slump right because it and I, I want to try to get into maybe some some tactics like what do you actually do because it's you know people are like oh I'll just push through oh I'll just go through well, yeah but when you're oh for 17 when you've gone eight games without a hit when you've made 400 calls without a yes right the just keep going doesn't do much, right? So how do you kind of break out of that slump to start making progress again?
1: Yeah, for me, it's very personal. I get in the word and, and that word is the Bible. Uh, I'm, I'm rooted in my religious faith. And I know that God is blessing me through it all. So that's number one for me. Number two, my beautiful seven-year-old daughter. I love my 11-year-old son, but my, my seven-year-old daughter, she don't give a damn. Pardon my French. She don't give a damn about it how many people said no to daddy she loves daddy that's the best slump buster there is and then I got a brag book I mean it's it's kind of tough to kind of toot your own horn float your own boat but when the going gets tough it's time to go back to the superstar accolades I'll go back to high school Uh, I got a trophy of the crown all-star game in Camden Yards That'll make you feel good. And now you start to get that positive momentum. You get that joint rolling. It allows you to It allows you to push through. It allows you to, to, like Kevin Hart said, say it with your chest. Real quick, I started off my baseball career one for 24. It doesn't take a math major to know that's terrible. That'll get you playing mm-hmm. the position of left out. My dad said, how you feeling, Lil Larry? I said, terrible, dad. I don't belong in the ACC. I don't belong in Division I baseball. He went through that phone and he said, boy, I didn't raise you to be meek to be weak. You can't have my name with a stank old attitude. He threw in a couple four letter words. I mm-hmm. will eat, but essentially I heard them loud and clear. He said, get back in the lab, start hitting, but number one, get your mind right. Cause if your mind ain't right, it's like what Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. So true.
0: Yeah. No. And I think that brag book is huge. We've talked about this too. At a psychological level, it's called anchoring. It's reminding yourself that you are the type of person to succeed. It's like, I actually just walked my SDR team through this a few weeks ago. It's like, tell me one thing you've done harder than pick up a phone. Like, what's one thing in your life that you've done that has been more challenging than picking up a phone, right? Of someone looking at you and being mean, right? And I actually do like to use the word mean with my team, because when you say the word mean, it actually, it's almost childish, right? You're like, wait, so someone was mean to you? oh no. Right. And it's like, it diminishes what it is. Cause like that it's there. But I do think that reminding yourself, Hey, like I have achieved things harder probably than what I'm trying to achieve right now. So that becomes a, a habit. Right. And so, so it sounds like you've had really good influences in your life. Your, your wife seems to be a positive influence mindset wise. Sounds like your father was a positive influence. Like how did you develop this mindset? Right. And how can people listening develop more of the mindset that you have or that top performers have?
1: I'm going to take it back to when I was age six, seven uh, at night, our routine. So we moved around a lot. My parents worked for Department of Veterans Affairs. I'm in Alabama, Illinois, Nebraska, Pennsylvania. As a youngster, that's tough. My favorite song was make new friends, but keep the old one is silver while the other is gold. My self-esteem was challenged. And my mom, Mm. we would say our prayer at night. And then she said, little Larry, stand up and say out loud 10 times, I am somebody. And Mm. as elementary as that sounds, for anyone listening, I encourage you, even if you're on top of the world, to say at night, in the morning, to say it out loud, verbalize it, I am somebody. I had a rep, Callie Malin, she used to walk to the office when I was working at Pendo and she used to do power poses anytime that she was stopped. Mm, I don't know if people can see me, but essentially a power pose and now when Tony Robbins talks about the physiology, that's, that's too big of a word. I can't even spell it. But essentially, not- you're now getting your mind, your body right. And you're feeling that momentum. And it's kind of like McFadden and Whitehead said, ain't no stopping you now. You're on top of the world. It doesn't matter what's going on. When you, when you put yourself in a power position, come on now. Did you see, um, so I'm not much of a UFC
0: watcher because it gets me too amped up. So I can't like really watch too much of the UFC. Um, I've, I'm gone from my fighting days. But the, the recent um, women's fight with Thug Rose. And she, like, that the, I mean, gives me goosebumps even talking about this, right? So she was the underdog to the champ, whatever else. But while they're doing the intros, while they're standing in this, the cage, right? They're zoomed in on her face. And she's standing there rocking back and forth. Look, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Like she was just saying that to herself over and over and over again before this fight went out. And sure enough, she ended up winning. Now, is it, did she win because of that? No, right? She went because of all the prep work that went into it. But it was just so fun to watch that. It was just like in that moment, her talking to herself out loud. Everyone can see it, everyone can hear it, but like reminding herself of that. And I think as salespeople, we don't do nearly enough of this affirmation work of like, I am the best. I do push through. I recover fast. I'm here to help. I'm a professional. I'm a professional, which is where I want to take this next because I have, I have a gripe with you know, my fellow sales people and sales leaders where I don't feel many of us actually take our profession seriously, right? If you look at a lot of other high paying professions, the amount of certifications they had to go through, the amount of school they had to go through, the bar that they are held to is very high. And then we've got the sales industry where a bunch of ragtag misfits like you and I somehow can get into it and somehow can succeed. But like people don't take their profession seriously. How can people take their profession seriously? Like what are the things that we like all, if you were to call yourself a professional salesperson, what do professional salespeople do differently?
1: They're they're always looking to learn and grow professionally and personally. And I know you're big on this, on the person. Uh, Essentially, are you elevating your game and what are you doing? The question is how? What books are you reading? For me, when I was managing a team, we looked at it. I wanted a five-tool player. And it wasn't essentially, it wasn't how you hit, hit for average, hit for power, how you ran defense. It was, hey, what's your knowledge like on the company? The Who, what, when, where, why, and how? The mission and vision and how you and how our team fits in to the greater company, the industry and industries that we serve. Talk to me there. Scale of one to 10, where you at? And then I'm going to give you where I think you are. And then we're going to go to work over this next quarter to step our game up, to elevate at least one level. Product. Do you know the product or products inside and out? If not, oh, what you're talking about, Willis? We got some challenges and our product is always evolving. Is your knowledge evolving? Uh, number four, tools and resources internal and external. It's all about who you know, who knows you, but also your, your sales stack. That's your tool belt. If, if you got bullets and you don't know how to use them, oh, we're in trouble. You're bringing a knife to a gunfight. Then number five is sales skills. And as a sales professional, are you stepping your game up? What's your time management look like? Your pipeline management look like? Your prospecting, your discovery, your negotiation, objection handling, the list goes on and on. Closing, talk to me. And you made a point earlier. I got something that they can do. If you're making calls, if you're talking with people in the great words of Bob Marley, get up, stand up, and have a mirror. And these are things that we all know, KD, but knowing ain't doing. So many times, I know I'm not supposed to eat fried foods, but guess what? I know it was Cinco de Mayo yesterday. I had some fried chicken. My doctor's like, dude, I told you you're gonna die if you keep eating (laughs) fried foods, but it's that discipline. And it's that execution of doing what we know that we're supposed to do. That's the challenge.
0: No, 100%. And I think it's funny because that's, uh, all right, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take you here because we'll jump back to what you Because One thing I wanted to talk about today was execution because there's a lot of hype out there. There's a lot of motivational books. There's a lot of motivational speakers, There's a lot of motivational videos, and people will like see a motivational quote and be like, yeah. Be a tiger. Yeah, do lion shit, because that's what lions do. And then they go sit down and they scroll Instagram for two hours and TikTok for an hour and a half, and then YouTube, and they're like, well, I'm gonna be a lion tomorrow. Right. And the it's actually funny enough. One of the things that makes us great, but also you know, is one of our flaws is we have the choice to execute. A lion doesn't wake up and go, Am I gonna hunt today? Do I do I feel like hunting today? Do I feel like doing lion shit today? Nah, I don't feel like it. So they don't even have that choice. We do, which is what makes it harder. We have to choose to do it. So how can people take that step from hype to execution, from idea to follow through, right? To actually do what they know to do, right? No one can be perfect, right? Like, hey, right, you want to you have some fried food from time to time? That's Fine. Perfection is not to search for, but the execution day in and day out, at least at 80%. Like what's, what's your advice there? Your tactics, your feedback. I'm like, I actually do it right They're, Cause people are going to leave this and like, man, like Mary got me hyped. But then what?
1: You got to document it. And that's a step. That's the first step is write it down. Number two, verbalize it to someone or someone's. Those are your accountability partners. Mr. Morgan Ingram, he told me, hey, Larry, you're doing this short form content. I see you out there on LinkedIn, but I don't see you. you got to do video. And I was like, oh, I'm scared. He said, don't be scared. He said, like my mentor told me, if you don't do it, you're being selfish. I said, you ain't going to call me selfish. That was on a Friday. That next Wednesday, I launched my first midweek, midday motivational minute on video. I tell people all the time, I share the same thing. No one, I, I would say 3%, if even, actually do it. And these are all things that we know. So document it, get accountability partners. And then it comes down to that person in the mirror. As the great Master P said, are you bout it, bout it? If you ain't bout it, bout it, then stop talking about it. Shoot, don't talk about it, be about it. Talk is cheap. So essentially, there's so many, quote unquote, sales professionals. They're not professionals. I mean, I look at Russell, Russell Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook's game. He's just vicious. He averaged a triple-double three seasons in a row. Each of those off seasons, he's still working on his game. My question is, what are you doing to work on your game? And especially for the leaders, it starts with you as a leader. Show me what you're working with, as the great mystical would say. (laughs) I got some quotes for you. But essentially, what are you doing? Who's who's, who's teaching the teacher? Who's coaching the coach? And and I want to see what books are you reading? I know, KD, you're big into giving out books. But essentially, from those books, what are you doing? What are you taking away? Well, what are you actually applying? And you can't do it all. So essentially, take the top five and say, these next two things I'm going to implement over the next 60 days, and I'm going to document it, and I'm going to track what results am I seeing, positive or negative, and then I'm going to share it with my team. Because now when you start to share it, oh, it just becomes ingrained in you.
0: Yeah. Now, one of my rules on books, right? I am an avid reader, right? But I don't move on to the next one until I've implemented or shared, right? Because I do enjoy reading. It's actually almost like a way to like continue. Like I want to get to the next book, but if I haven't implemented one thing from the previous book, or I haven't shared one thing from the previous book for someone else to implement, I don't go to the next one, right? And that's where, you know, people, I think when with reading, you know, there, it's funny, it's actually been very interesting to watch as LinkedIn continues to evolve and how the social media, you know, kind of twists things it's like there's almost starting to get pushed back on like, you know, reading. It's like, well, it doesn't if you don't do like doesn't matter. I'd rather I take a doer over a reader any day or right, like eventually you have to do it. And I'm like, n- no, like, show me the person that reads 20 books a year for five years straight. Even if they're not proactively implementing things, it's in there. It's in there. It's in their head. It's in their minds. It is affecting their behavior over time. There's no way you can convince me otherwise because you're feeding your brain better fuel. Right. And so what are, what are some of those inputs for you? Like how do you do continue to develop yourself right at the level that you're at right?
1: Now? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm learning every day. I'm watching YouTube videos because I'm, I'm entering into a new profession as a professional keynote speaker. That's a whole different ball game. I'm investing in myself. I joined NSA. I'm involved in NSA Carolinas. I'm going to the convention in Vegas in July. And I'm talking to people who are sharing, hey, Larry, you're going to get a lot of information out there. Only write down the things that are actions. And then on your flight home, only take. This came from Alice Hyman. Thank you, Alice. She said, only take. The three things that you're going to be able to implement and do over the next 90 days. Everything else, go ahead and put it below the line. So it's kind of like a buffet uh, when buffets were open. They do a whole lot of stuff, but nothing really good. If I want some fried chicken, I'm going to a chicken chicken spot. If I want Mm -hmm. some fish, I'm going to a seafood place. I'm not going to Golden Corral. So essentially, Larry Long Jr., I don't want to do a whole lot of things mediocre. T.I. said it. I don't want no mediocre. I want to do two or three things very, very well and dig in. So I'm on YouTube, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on IG, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm constantly consuming, and I'm a big time believer. I mean, I got, I got notebooks out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got note cards everywhere. I got stuff, got stuff on my whiteboard over here. I've got to get better. I'm working on improving my focus. How do I focus on these two things to dig down deep in instead of spreading myself? Just really wide, really an inch deep instead of getting deep. That's my biggest opportunity area and biggest challenge.
0: I think that it's really, really important. You bring up a good point, right, too. That's how I take notes in books, too. I don't highlight. I take the note on the idea. What idea did this give, right? How would I use this, right? While in that moment, like, ooh, I like that. How would I use that? And you start to write down how you'd implement, which I think is really, really important. And so like, as we kind of come closer to, to the end here, man, right. Let's talk about energy because you are one of the most high energy people. I think I know in my entire life. And, um, I think, I think it was the energy bus by Dan Gordon. He said like, you know, people's success tends to be mirrored by their energy. Show me a low energy successful person, right? Not energy in terms of like rah, rah, and like hype hype, but just like, a high, like high energy. Cause the more energy you have, the more disciplined you can be. The more energy you have, the better your ideas are, the more energy you have, the better you can execute. So like, how do you maintain the energy, right? Cause like you've been in this game, you've been in this game. It beats people up. It can suck it out of you sometimes, right? How do you maintain the energy that you have to be able to be who you are and accomplish what you're doing?
1: From my perspective, It really is about perspective, your perspective. We all come from all different walks of life. We all have different backgrounds, different experiences. You've got to figure out what gets you jazzed up. For me, it's my family. It's honoring my father who passed away five and a half years ago. It's honoring my mother, my family, my wife, my kids. Uh, it's really making an impact for the positive on other people. That's, that's my why. That's my core value, my, my mission, my vision, my purpose, which is MVP. I'm trying to be an MVP, but I'm really, I'm tight on that. And every day that I wake up, I truly believe this, KD, carpe diem. It's a blessing. I woke up this morning, that's a blessing. We're all running to that finish line of death. We're all going to die we just mm-hmm. don't know when. I don't know if my time is going to come 5 minutes after we get done here. But I do know that I'm going to control the controllables and I'm going to make the most out of my time here and I'm going to do it with a smile. I'm going to do it with enjoying it because essentially if I'm not enjoying it, what's the purpose? What 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 are you doing? I think the I think the millennials call it YOLO. You only live once. Well, guess what? We're on a yo-yo. We're going mm-hmm. up and down on a Tuesday. So yeah. essentially my my perspective is I'm going to make the most out of each and every opportunity.
0: Um, the, the word that I've been focusing on a lot, really almost for the past year now, has been intention, right? What's my intention right now, right? Like five minutes of intention is better than an hour of attention, right? Like, am I going into this with the intention of having fun? The intention of bringing joy with the intention of success? Or am I just paying attention to something, right? And I think it's something where more people gave better intention they'd get the results that they are looking for. So my man, we've already been riffing for over 30 minutes at this point. Like this went like real fast. Let's, let's wrap up on this here real quick, right? We've talked about a lot, but when you think about this long game concept, what would the three pieces you'd want people to remember from this conversation, be? right? Like if they, because people remember the beginning, they remember the end, right? So what would be that parting? Like, okay, these three things, y'all, if you're really trying to play this long game the right way, Here's what you need to be doing.
1: Yeah. Number one, serve someone or someones each and every day. If if you serve someone each and every day, like you said, in five years, and and here goes how you do it. It's the hashtag three-minute challenge. Every day, Mm -hmm. every weekday, take three minutes to surprise and delight someone. So KD, I know that you're a big Wisconsin honey badger. I know you're a Badgers fan. I can go find a funny gift for the badger doing a dance. I can send it to you and say, what up, dog? I'm thinking about you. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just letting you know you're on my mind. Number two, take care of yourself. So, so really, before you take care of other people, make sure that you're getting your air, your oxygen, so that you can then serve multiple people. Self-care is so important. And oftentimes, it's neglected. And then number three, you got to have fun. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the people you're doing it with. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I know that. As my seven-year-old daughter would say, it's not all unicorns, but essentially you can you can choose your perspective. One of my former reps, Jamie Badd, he said, Hey, in every situation, whether it was good or bad, I'm looking for the good, the great, and the wonderful. Even in bad situations, there's something good, something great, and something wonderful. Now you got to put your thinking cap on to mm-hmm. find it, but everything happens for a reason. So those are my top three.
0: I love it. Right. And that's where it's one of my favorite takeaways from the, the book, The Happiness Advantage, is if you can establish a strong gratitude practice, it quite literally rewires your brain to see the good in the world instead of the bad. Right. And if you can always ask yourself that question, what was good, what was great, what was wonderful in any situation, it teaches your brain to look for it. You start to find those things it can change your entire get up. It changes your energy, it changes your focus, it changes your why, it changes your mindset. I think that's huge, man. That's huge. And so it's a perfect transition to the final question here, right? So like the name of the podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. You know, I have this weird thought, this weird idea that if we did take better care of ourselves, if we did have more joy in our lives, more fulfillment, more energy that the sales would follow To what would your live better advice be for everybody listening?
1: Find something or some things that you're passionate about outside of those four walls of work or those four virtual walls. For me, I'm Tiger Woods' cousin. They call me Larry Hit It In The Woods. I love the golf. That's my sanctuary where I'm fitting to get loose. I'm going going camping in the woods. I got my scuba gear, I'm in the water, but I just have an absolute blast. That gets my mind right, spending time with my family. There's nothing better than that familial relationship that just gives me joy. Uh, reading the good book. I mean, once again, it's, that's just me. You got to find you. I got a guitar back there. That's my wife. She said, don't you dare touch my guitar for her. She likes to strum that guitar and (laughs) that. do you boo boo. Find what you're passionate about that gives you energy because if you are a better person, just personally, you're going to be a better profession Uh, professional, professionally, Ooh, as a tongue twister.
0: There it is. We got there, my man. We got there. Larry, my man, this is way too long coming, way too long coming. There's another play on words I wasn't even trying to do at the moment. Where where can people get more of you? Where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they get more of what you're putting out there? Because I think that message needs to be spread.
1: Man, I appreciate it. I'm out here. Best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I got to smile for a mile, Larry Long Jr., my website. It's coming soon, LarryLongJr.com. And even, I'm, I'm giving you a little preview here. Okay, yeah, I, I heard you mentioned a chapter artwork. from the book. What is this? Talk yeah, about this real quick. Imagine that, it's called Joan. Imagine that. Shocking, shocking. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that based off of my midweek, midday motivational minute. I wanna help people discover and oftentimes rediscover with intentionality that inner greatness that we all have. We all have it, but sometimes it gets lost. I'm here to give you that jolt so that you can find it and get back on track to your greatest destiny. Let's do it.
0: My man, well, I can say this much. You definitely gave me a jolt for this day and I'll be coming back to this one to listen for sure when I need that extra jolt. My man, Larry Long Jr., thank you so much for your time, your energy, your insights and the jolt we all needed, my man. We will be in touch again. Thank you, KD. Peace. Hell yeah.